are ready to wrap up another week of the show that covers everything southern hi i'm john rawl this is the y'all show and we're here today to share the latest with the coronavirus lots of stuff to pass along across the southeast in terms of the coronavirus including the passage of the patriarch of the marsalis family from louisiana we'll share info on that and a new orleans saints football legend also has come down with the virus we'll have info out of the pelican state on that Also on today's Y'all Show, we've got some college sports news to pass along, and we'll do that in the next segment before this first hour of the show wraps. We'll go back to Monday's Y'all Show, and we have ICYMI coming up later this hour in case y'all missed it. And 1-800-ACCOUNTANT CEO Mike Savage is going to be our special guest. Mike Savage's company has several hundred thousand clients And they help you get your taxes done. And although we were supposed to have tax day within two weeks, well, you can actually enjoy a couple of extra months now as the deadline for filing has been pushed back to July 15th. Mike Savage is going to help break down what that means. And also he'll weigh in on the recent passage of the $2 trillion plan to help out our individuals and businesses around the land thanks to the coronavirus we are getting checks here most of us in the next few days if you haven't got them already mike savage of 1-800 accountant the ceo of that great company will be on later this hour as part of icymi in case y'all missed it in hour two of today's y'all show we started out with david lee murphy music of course but then we move over to a song from the 1960s a song most of you probably have never heard but it's a very touching song especially if you know the backstory of it. We're going to play My Son, and that was written and recorded and released by Jan Howard. We just lost Jan Howard this past weekend at age 91. She was the Grand Ole Opry's oldest member, and she passed away again in the, I think she was in the Hendersonville area of Nashville. But we'll play that song and let you know a little bit more about Jan Howard, a artist that a lot of you, again, may not have heard of, but she had been a Grand Ole Opry member for about 50 years and was on the Opry regularly. This song is about her son. It's a song written during the time of Vietnam. She wrote the song for her son, mailed him a copy, and before he got it, Jimmy Howard, before he received it, he was killed in action fighting in Southeast Asia. And we'll have my son played and let you know that in a time where we've got a lot of sadness right now, how about this sad story out of Vietnam? And Jan Howard was very active in veterans organizations and Gold Star families for the rest of her life. And we'll have all that coming up as part of our Friday Free for Y'all at the start of Hour 2. Then we've got hashtag Hullabaloo, some fun stuff that we'll pass along there. And we'll wrap up today's Y'all Show with a look at the Amazon Top Movie Downloads as well as some professional sports news passing along there before we get out of here from Dixie. We'd love, of course, will be our, our bookmark there at the end of the show that will send us to the weekend. If you want to connect to us here on the Y'all Show, we certainly, certainly welcome your feedback. Our number is 803-816-1170. You can text or call that number anytime you feel like it, 803 803- 816-1170. In fact, right now, pull out your little smartphone and add contacts and hit Y apostrophe A-L-L. And anytime you've got a question, comment, suggestion, anything, we welcome it. All you got to do, just text us or call us 803-816-1170. 
70. And don't forget to hit save if you're adding us as a new contact. <laughs> Have you ever done that? You've put all that effort into putting in a new contact, and darn it, maybe you get a telephone call in the middle of it, or somebody comes up and bothers you, and you didn't hit save. You got to do it all over again. We don't want you to have to do that. And don't forget also, y'all is found at y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. And our Facebook pages include y'all show. Just search at y'all show on Facebook, as well as y'all.com on Facebook. And you'll see our Facebook groups. Please, please follow us on Facebook on both accounts so that you'll be up to date with everything going on with the show and website that covers everything Southern. Let's get into the headlines now on today's y'all show. The latest death count for coronavirus here in America has now eclipsed over 5,000 and will be at 6,000 before you know it. And that's just alarming numbers that continue, continue to go up here across the land. And in the South, our highest state with numbers of cases is Florida. Florida's just around 8,000 cases with over 100 deaths reported now in the Sunshine State. New York, by the way, is right around 85,000 total cases and over 2,200 deaths in the Empire State. Louisiana continues to feel the brunt of this thing, and I've got some sad news to pass along from the Pelican State in terms of a celebrity that has died from the coronavirus. Louisiana with around 6,500 cases as of Thursday evening, and they've got nearly 300 deaths in Louisiana. And we'll just go with deaths going on from here. Georgia has around 150 deaths reported from the coronavirus. Texas, I, I guess this is a little bit a little bit good news to pass along. As big of a state of, as Texas is, 60 deaths reported from the coronavirus in the Lone Star State. Tennessee's had a total of 25 deaths as of Thursday. Maryland's at 36. The state of North Carolina has had 15, 18, the number of deaths in the state of Missouri. Virginia has 34 deaths reported from COVID-19. South Carolina's at 26. Alabama's at 28. Mississippi now at 22 deaths from coronavirus. Oklahoma has 30 deaths. The state of Kentucky has 20. Arkansas at 10. District of Columbia's got 11 and then the state of West Virginia, still pretty low. Two deaths reported, according to the data coming from World O-Meter, which is keeping a track on coronavirus deaths. Again, nationwide, over 5,000 deaths, more than 216,000 cases of positive testing of coronavirus now in the U.S. And again, New York leading the way, sadly, with almost 100,000 cases now and over 2,200 deaths. New Jersey's not all that far behind. New Jersey with 23,000 total cases and around 400 deaths there in the New York, New Jersey area. It's a it's a rough time. Now, here in the South, uh, Jazz Great has died from the coronavirus as Ellis Marsalis Jr. has died at the age of 85. He was the father of Winton, the trumpeter, as well as Branford, the saxophonist. Branford Marsalis, of course, led the Tonight Show band and toured with Sting for a number of years. But Ellis Marsalis, who was a teacher and, of course, patriarch of this New Orleans musical clan, he died on Wednesday after battling pneumonia brought on by the coronavirus. He leaves his six sons and a deep legacy as Branford put a statement out saying, My dad was a giant of a musician and teacher, but an even greater father. He poured everything he had into making us the best of what we could be. 
Ellis Marcellus Jr., dead at the age of 85 in New Orleans as a result of the coronavirus. Another New Orleans-related coronavirus story, celebrity connection here to tell you about as legendary kicker for the Saints, guy who had the longest field goal in NFL history for a couple of decades, Tom Dempsey is now recovering after testing positive for coronavirus. He'd been living at Lambeth House in New Orleans, and Lambeth House has been classified by the Louisiana Department of Health as one of the hot spots across the state. And he says he's doing well. That's the release from his daughter, Ashley Dempsey. Dempsey became symptomatic late last week and was tested at Tulane University Medical Center. His positive test result came back on Saturday. His daughter, Ashley, said that his her father's symptoms were relatively mild. The daughter said that Dempsey's doing well, but not out of the woods yet. She's asking that everyone continue praying for him. Dempsey has fought Alzheimer's disease and dementia Dempsey set the NFL record for longest successful field goal in 1970. He kicked a 63-yard field goal, and we wish him well in this battle here. Tom Dempsey, and I know our own Jerry Short, claims claims to have been at that game where he kicked that 63-yard field goal. Tom Dempsey currently is 73 years young, and I didn't realize this. He was born in Milwaukee. How about that? Played at college at Palomar. I've never heard of Palomar. That's in a uh, community college in San Diego. And then went on to play in the NFL for the Saints, really for just two seasons, 69 and 70, before going throughout the Eagles, the Rams, the Oilers, and then finishing up his NFL career with the Buffalo Bills. Tom Dempsey, wish him all the best in his effort to get past the coronavirus Sadly, coronavirus has claimed the life of a North Carolina deputy, as Montgomery County Sheriff Chris Watkins said that his deputy, Saraputh Bud Fingfrickham, this is a tough one, this must be a guy from Thailand, I assume, Bud Fingfricknock, he died this week at a hospital in Pinehurst, North Carolina, as Bud was a 43-year-old deputy married with five children. He'd experienced what he thought was allergy symptoms, but later tested positive for COVID-19, went into the hospital. He'd served as a school resource officer and been with the sheriff's office there in Montgomery County, North Carolina, for 14 years. This is a county east of Charlotte, where Pinehurst, of course, has the famous golf courses around there that you've seen PGA championships and I think U.S. Open sale there at Pinehurst. The governor of North Carolina, Governor Cooper, has ordered schools closed on March 16th, but the sheriff said in a statement that Bud served multiple roles within the department, and while against doing this role, he came down with the COVID-19 and has now passed away. We remember, again, in North Carolina, Montgomery County, Deputy Sheriff Bud Fongfrench, dead here this week at age 43 years old. I'm sure he's not the only law enforcement official here in the South that's passed away, but that's the only one I've been given the information about to date. Of course, we've got nurses coming down with this thing and dying and other health care workers. Please do whatever you can to help out the effort to stem COVID-19. Now, as a result of COVID-19, we've seen 6.6 million people seek aid, jobless, the rate they're going through the roof. This is a record number. 
as the Labor Department showing that job cuts are mounting against the backdrop of the economies in the country and abroad that have almost just caused a recession as businesses have closed around the world. And in this last couple of days, more than 6.6 million Americans applied for unemployment benefits, doubling a record high set just a week earlier, a sign that layoffs are accelerating in the midst of the coronavirus, combined with last week's report that 3.3 million people sought unemployment. The U.S. economy has now suffered nearly 10 million layoffs in just the past roughly two to three weeks, far exceeding the figure for any corresponding period in history. We have a, a time here, sadly, that's never been seen in the history of our country. The magnitude of the layoffs has led many economists to envision as many as 20 million lost jobs by the end of this month, and that would be more than double the 8.7 million jobs lost during the Great Recession. The unemployment rate could spike to as high as 15% just this month. That's above the record of 10.8 set during a recession of 1982. So 38 years has been the last time we've had numbers this high and we're heading easily to that number hopefully if we can get this virus under control everybody will be right back to work and everything will be somewhat back to normal but gosh what a horrible thing to pass along nearly 10 million of us unemployed here in the last two to three weeks who would have ever thought that the attorney general of louisiana says his office has seen several hundred cases of price gouging coming in to his office and Jeff Landry's working hard to find out the culprits and prosecute, perhaps. And that's going on in Louisiana, likely going on everywhere. But Landry told Fox News this week that his office had seen and looked at several hundred cases for sure. And he wants to make sure businesses in Louisiana are following the law. As he said, people are trying to take advantage of a bad situation to begin with. Unfortunately, it's the bad apples in the bunch that are trying to spoil the whole bunch yeah people definitely taking advantage he also has said that big online platforms for he's complimented them for doing their best to crack down on sellers who are price gouging that would be your amazons and ebays and stuff landry was one of 33 state attorneys generals who signed letters to big tech companies last week asking them to work with states to prevent price gouging and i know that i saw a friend of mine put a copy of a receipt on facebook i think it was showing that toilet paper was about 17 dollars compared to what it would normally be roughly five dollars so that wherever she got that had doubled or tripled in price and this was a name brand toilet paper i i think certainly a case of gouging going on there i don't think that was from louisiana but we've got to be extra careful to report if you see gouging going on report it let's prosecute and more importantly when this is all said and done let's kind of shame these people going forward that they would take advantage of people in a situation like this now what's going on with the little kids and the teachers around the south is most of them now kind of realize it's going to be a, a really a miracle if they can get back in the classroom before the end of this supposed spring semester well in alabama although the students won't return to school at least for a couple more weeks classrooms there are shut down teachers at least the latest out of alabama teachers are going to be returning to school as early as april 6th that would be monday as officials they're trying to plan for distance learning 
And the State Department of Education said that teachers are learning whether they're required to return to school buildings to work. Now, school officials can legally require teachers in Alabama to return to work, but some are asking whether it's safe for them to do so. And the Birmingham American Federation of Teachers, they've said that what we're faced with, I don't think we should be putting anybody in harm's way. As you've seen, teachers and students alike now come down with the coronavirus. The state superintendent of education in Alabama, Dr. Eric Mackey, has warned school officials to be mindful of the public health concern. And he said if officials are planning to require employees to return to school buildings, he said, be thinking about latex gloves hand sanitizers and be focused on health and keeping employees safe something tells me between now and monday that alabama is going to come to their senses and keep these kids and more importantly the teachers from having to come into school what in the world they're going to do there that they can't do from home that's just a, a an assumption i have but likely on a correct assumption there especially right now let's go through a couple more days maybe weeks and we'll see if the teachers can't come back to their classrooms and get some materials and things like that. I've wondered now about the students who've left college and these colleges are shut down for several weeks and really won't be back until the fall semester at best. And if you are a student, let's say you live a good ways away from your college, what happened to your stuff? Have you gone back to get it? Did you have things, let's say you got a little dorm refrigerator and you've got milk and all kinds of things that will spoil and you're not going to be allowed to go in there for months, perhaps. A awful situation we're currently enduring. Now, we've got, according to Unicast, I guess that's how it's pronounced, U-N-A-C-A-S-T.com, they've come out with a map and a survey comparing communities across the country's social distancing activity, and they're giving grades on how we're social distancing something that three weeks ago we'd never heard of but now we're all trying to do it right well the grade given by unicast for the entire country is a c a c is what we're getting and some of the states that are doing a good job according to this website of social distancing michigan new york minnesota new jersey and washington dc all getting a's for their social distancing habits a good effort there by the dc area for that now in the south other states that show up here you have to go all the way down to maryland to get another b from a southern state that's not good news for the rest of the south right the state of texas comes in at a c in the their social distancing patterns and what's going on there in the state of texas missouri is also at a c louisiana's got a c although we know that Right now, Louisiana getting hit hard by coronavirus cases. The state of, let's see, Virginia is a C minus, and Georgia's a D. Obviously, we've only listed a couple of southern states, so most of our southern states are doing really poorly in terms of social distancing, at least according to Unicast. Georgia's a D, Alabama's a D minus, Arkansas's a D minus, Kentucky a D minus, Oklahoma D minus, Tennessee D minus, Mississippi D minus. North Carolina and South Carolina also D minuses. And the state in the country that gets an F, there's only one, Wyoming. A flat F for their social distancing trends and what they're doing to try to fight off the coronavirus. Now, I think to Wyoming's credit, I don't think they've got a lot of cases. But as we all know, what we've all seen, that if you don't have a case of coronavirus, 
you can pretty much bet that you're going to get one soon and that's in every county of every state Uh, it looks like this thing's going to be everywhere literally everywhere any day now and we've got to fight off so again this according to the world health who world health organization and the cdc social distancing is currently the most effective way to slow the spread of covid19 and this website unicast created this interactive scoreboard updated daily to empower organizations to measure and understand the efficacy of social distancing initiatives at the local level and they went in and came up with this research i don't know exactly how they did it but they did it and again most of the south's got a failing grade thus far from unicast now a celebrity update from the coronavirus world to tell you about a guy who's become famous because of people getting shut in and watching netflix joe exotic has been transferred to a fort worth prison to their medical center and this guy again who's on this netflix series 57 year old joe exotic he's been transferred to the prison medical center after i think being tested positive for the coronavirus and he is in there with other inmates and he's being held prior to his transfer he tested positive for the virus of course a lot of people watching this thing right now and i don't quite get it if you tuned into our thursday y'all show current mississippi state head football coach mike leach weighed in on tiger king murder mayhem and madness which was released back on march 20th on netflix and became a instant i guess a a viral pardon the pun viral hit as this documentary series involves joe exotic's life at a zoo in winwood oklahoma where he owned hundreds of exotic animals and also the mystery of some murders and stuff that have happened there but joe exotic now at a fort worth texas prison medical center trying to recover from being tested positive News outside of coronavirus, real quick to tell you about. Hashir Jalad Tahib, age 23, has now pleaded guilty to a charge of attempting to destroy by fire or an explosive a building owned or leased by the United States federal prosecutors said. Now, what building did he try to, again, destroy by fire or explosive? That would be the White House. As you might remember, he tried to do an anti-tank rocket attack on the White House and had explosives and now he's been he's pleaded guilty to this federal charge. It was back in March 2018 that he ended up getting caught trying to blow up the White House. And now this man from Georgia going to be going up the river for quite some time. And he had loaded vehicles into a rental vehicle and climbed into a passenger seat when our agents arrested him. He's going to be sentenced in June, by the way. Also, if you have a Nissan, listen up real quick. Nissan's recalling more than a quarter million SUVs, trucks, and vans to replace potentially dangerous Takata airbag inflators. The vehicles have airbags with a volatile ammonium nitrate that can explode with too much force and hurl shrapnel. But they have a moisture-absorbing chemical that was supposed to make them safe regulators here in this country or to determine whether all inflators with the drying agent have to be recalled the nissan recall covers the following models the 2012 2017 nissan nv cargo and passenger vans the 2013 to 2015 nissan titan pickup and armada large suv and the 2011 and 2012 infinity qx 56 suv 
if you got anything of those types of those vehicles you might want to check in with your local nissan dealership of course nissan builds cars right here in the south i think their biggest plant would be in canton mississippi where they build that nissan titan pickup truck and right now they're having to replace these airbags on a recall listen up if you got the nissan go in and get that thing fixed asap that's what's going on in the south here on today's y'all show when we come back we've got some sports news that we want to share with you some college sports news specifically before the hour's up we're going to rewind back to our monday show mike savage the ceo of 1-800-accountant we're going to have a little bit of that interview that we'll have for you all that coming up right here in this first hour of the end of the week celebration of y'all Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called Irritable Bowel Syndrome with Constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The LSU Tigers, your current college football national champions, and heck, they could have been the college basketball national champions if given a chance to compete in the SEC tournament and go on to the big dance. You never know. Anybody can claim to be the national champion, at least if you were not able to play a game in your conference tournament before everything got shut down a couple of weeks ago hello it's y'all this is our college sports showcase here on our end of week y'all and let's go to baton rouge where the athletic director of lsu scott woodward said this week 
that Coach Will Wade of the LSU basketball team, his employment status remains unchanged even after an HBO documentary includes audio recordings in which the coach talked about making a, quote, strong-ass offer to sign a high-profile recruit. As Woodward said in a statement, we are aware of the documentary that first aired March 31st on HBO. There is no change to Coach Will Wade's employment status at LSU, and we will continue to cooperate with all reviews into this matter. This documentary is called The Scheme, and it focuses on aspiring business manager Christian Dawkins' role in a pay-for-play and bribery scheme that were the center of the federal government's investigation into college basketball corruption. The documentary includes audio and telephone calls that were captured by FBI wiretaps on one of Dawkinson's cell phones. The audio remains under court seal and hadn't previously been released to the public until this HBO documentary, The Scheme, came out here in the last few days. But yeah, this guy was embattled. If you go back to last season, Will Wade, remember, had to step away from LSU, I think right before their SEC tournament appearance. LSU had won the regular season of 2018-2019 and had a fantastic year and then went off to the big dance with an interim coach. Most people expected Will Wade to be fired, but he was brought back, and LSU had a decent year this year. And as I said, they could have gone into the March Madness and had a fantastic run and, who knows, walked away with a national championship. But according to his boss, Will Wade's boss, Scott Woodward, who's fairly new on the job, he's an LSU guy, but had been the AD at Texas A&M. He has come back to LSU in the last year and now says that he's going to be sticking with Will Wade, who you can't deny is a heck of a basketball coach. If you look at what LSU's done during his tenure in Baton Rouge, they've been one of the biggest, biggest forces on the hard court in the Southeastern Conference. And right now, it looks like, according to the boss man, Coach Wade's got some stability there heading into this next season, assuming we're going to have a next season, for goodness sakes. More college basketball news to pass along. Forward Jarius Hamilton has committed to Maryland after he's played for the Boston College Eagles for two years. He's a six foot eight player, played in 24 games for BC last season, including 20 starts for the Eagles, averaging just shy of 10 points. And he got a 23-point game against Virginia Tech back on January 25th. He's entered the transfer portal, announcing his move via Twitter this week, saying, Beyond Blessed. Now, this move comes two days after Maryland announced that sophomore forward Ricky Lindo Jr. entered the transfer portal. Lindo only had about two points per game. So they're trying to maybe add Hamilton there to College Park and get a little bit more senior experience as he will be, I still I think he's got two years left, Jarius Hamilton, but a, a switch there from the ACC to the Big Ten with Hamilton now checking in to College Park when he gets ready to play for the Terps in the future. Also, basketball-wise, this is from the women's side of things. Dana Evans, the ACC Player of the Year, is going to return for her senior season for the Cardinals, and that's instead of going to the WNBA Draft as she said that she had looked at it, but ended up deciding to go back to Louisville. And Coach Walt's very happy about that. As she put out a statement saying, after this season came to an abrupt halt, I had many discussions with my family, Coach Walt, and the entire coaching staff about my future. 
I have decided the best thing for me is to return to Louisville for my senior season. Now, Evans averaged 18 points and 4.2 assists per game with the Cardinals. She's five foot six, by the way. Pretty, pretty incredible what she's been able to do with her height. And she led the Cardinals and represented career highs for the team as a junior. And she was, again, the conference's most prolific and accurate three-point shooter. She made about 43% of her 209 attempts. And Louisville had a fantastic year. I think they won the ACC regular season championship this season with a 28-4 and record. But they did not win the conference tournament. That was won by NC State there in Greensboro. She was eligible to declare for the WNBA draft because she turns 22 in the same calendar year as the draft. But she will be back for the Louisville Cardinals next year. And if you're a Louisville women's basketball team, you might just end up getting another title in the upcoming season thanks to Dana Evans saying she's going to be back for the UofL in the future. Now, what is going on in terms of the coronavirus and recruiting? The Division I Council of NCAA this week the coordinating committee for that and the division two administrative committee they both announced that the recruiting dead period will be extended through the end of may a dead period had initially been created on march 13th it would last through april 15th tax day due to the pandemic but the committees left the door open to potentially extend it if need be and now they are going to push this back to at least may 31st This dead period bans in-person recruiting while still allowing phone calls, text messages, and other written correspondence, but has interrupted the NCAA recruiting calendar. Right now for football programs at the FBS level, an evaluation period was set to start on tax day, April 15th, and run through May 31st. So it's just one big hot mess, and a lot of coaches now having to reach out in any way they can to stay in the good grace of a potential recruit but right now you got a a recruiting dead period going on for essentially two months more at least at least that now what about football in college right now former boston college quarterback anthony brown is now going to be an oregon duck as he's going to be a graduate transfer out of bc as brown started portions of the last past three seasons for the eagles passing for more than 4,700 yards and 40 touchdowns, also had 20 interceptions along the way, and rushed a good bit. He had 423 rushing yards and four touchdowns on the ground. He'll have a season of eligibility left with the Oregon Ducks, and he'll be going out west. As he This past year, you might remember, he entered the transfer portal. He played six games in the 2019 season before he had a season-ending leg injury against the Louisville Cardinals and that ended a 2019 season. He also had a bad knee injury in the 2017 season after he'd started the first 10 games for BC. Maybe he won't get injured out on the West Coast, but yes, quarterback Anthony Brown now heading from the Chestnut Hill confines to the Eugene, Oregon confines. The question a lot of people are asking right now, we've talked about it this week. We've we shared the information from Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN saying that he doesn't think there'll be a 2020 season for either college or the NFL. Dennis Dodd at CBSSports.com has penned an article, Will the 2020 college football season start on time? Stakeholders and others discussing the options right now. And there has been talk about college football teams reconvening perhaps as early as June 1st, maybe July 1st. And a discussion of maybe having a truncated season, according to Dennis Dodd, as he says, one 
with only conference games being played. That's the theory that I was out here this week talking about, that it seemed like a, a good idea. And a lot of people coming up with every single scenario you possibly can have. I've seen the hashtag trending save the season for college football going on because there's people talking about killing it right now. What about if June 1st? That is one possibility. If you had a June 1st, let's say, report date, that would give teams two months to prepare for fall camp and give them additional practice dates or organized activities. Starting then would allow schools to stage their high school camps, which are important for recruiting. According to Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma, I think by June 1st we'll have an idea what's going, what things are going to look like. It doesn't look like a whole lot is going to happen, certainly before then. Then I think it's going to be a step-by-step process. That's what Lincoln Riley has to say. But again, I think they're going to have a half. I think you're going to, at best, have a truncated season. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said the next 60 to 90 days would provide more clarity. He called the current climate unnerving. Yeah, unnerving is that in a nutshell. (laughs) We've got just too many cases of the coronavirus going on. And if you haven't heard what I said earlier, one of the theories that's being bandied about, and I proposed it here on this show earlier this week, is that every conference essentially plays your members play conference games by doing that you wouldn't get going until october the student athletes wouldn't return to campus until the fall semester assuming that's going to be on time let's say that a lot of schools delay the arrival for the fall semester if the students don't get back till sometime in september then they can start football practice too and pull off the season somewhere in october and only play eight regular season games and only play your eight conference games. Now, I think the Big Ten and the Big 12 each play nine conference games, I think. And so they'd have to trim a conference game from their schedule, which shouldn't be too hard. I know that that shouldn't be too hard to do. Every team would play eight conference games, and then you could go on from there and have a conference championship game like you normally do. College football is more than a $6 billion industry, and therefore it's extremely important for the economics of the country, for the region, and more to try to, in some way, shape, or form, salvage what's going to be a 2020 college football season. If it doesn't happen, if you're not able to have college football here this year, you're likely going to see some athletic programs shut down. They already got hammered recently when the check for the March Madness tournament was about 40% of what it was last year. And then you have to divvy that up with the hundreds of member institutions in the NCAA. And so your smaller schools, even your FBS schools that are not necessarily Power 5 programs, your, your group of six, they're really, really sitting there today thinking oh my god i don't know if we're going to make it and ah, there's no better there's no solution it's not like they can go to another level and do better they can't and the only reason the power five programs are a little a little bit better off is they've made so much money because of their television packages where they've been getting 40 50 60 million dollars a year just from that yeah, they're taking it on the chin with this coronavirus, but they, they ought to have 
plenty of money to survive but if you're not one of the power five programs you're really sitting here today wondering if you're going to survive this especially especially if college football ends up not happening here this fall and even your smaller schools that that think they can get past it if the scenario i just mentioned where your power five programs for example only play conference games that means some of your money games from some of the fcs schools for example are not going to happen and they're not going to have that four to five hundred thousand dollar check coming in for that big money game and they're not going to make it they are not going to make it so when it's all said and done this coronavirus is going to take thousands of american lives and it might just take out a lot of sports activities when it's all said and done and an an unfortunate thing an unfortunate thing here to report but certainly a real possibility something maybe we can avoid if at all possible that wraps up our college football discussion here on today's y'all show when we come back after the break we're going to go back to monday where the ceo of the website 1-800-ACCOUNTANT was on with us mike savage is going to talk about the recent stimulus package that passed the halls of congress and signed by the president how that affects you also he'll discuss tax day being pushed back to july and other trendy tax things as mike savage is not only the ceo of the company he's also a cpa and that conversation from our monday visit in our southern business report is headed your way next do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at babbel.com Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. They say you can't go back. Well, here on the Y'all Show, we can go back because right now it's our I-C-Y-M-I in case y'all missed it. And we're going to go back to Monday. And we had a very special guest back on March 30th on to, on this the Y'all Show, Mike Savage, CEO of 1-800-ACCOUNTANT. And he was on to talk about the Trump stimulus package, as many of you are going to be getting a check here if you haven't got it already as a little i guess uh lifesaver for the coronavirus he'll talk about that here in this portion of our interview from monday he also will discuss the change of our tax filing day for 2020 for the 2019 year but we'll have that now a little portion of our interview again with mike savage of 1-800 accountant and this again from our southern business report this economic this whole global economic pause 
could actually be even more harmful, could cause more deaths of starvation and unrest than uh, than the actual virus itself. So what I would do is I would try to I would try to get people back to work by by, you know, obviously increasing the testing and finding out who has already had it and who has the antibodies and who who could get back to work without without spreading it or contracting it themselves. I think that's what we need to do. We need to get back to work, but obviously, you know, in a careful and, 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 you know, prudent manner. I understand. What about if you had a medical or not a medical, you gave, you just kind of gave us a medical answer, but what about a accountant financial answer? What's the best thing that people like Steven Mnuchin can do to get this thing going the right way now that uh, it looks like there's at least some money coming in to help things out? Yeah, I think right now what a lot of the uh, small, small businesses need is, is a clear understanding of how this works. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they've spent enough time to really explain how um, how do how, you know how how do you apply for these loans? How do you get the money? How do you how do you make your payroll? How do you do it right now? How do you get this this cash in your hand right now? And so we have so that's why we what we've done is we've dedicated a little task force on our end to try and understand and, and trying to get through this 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 bill and read through it and, and understand how to how how these small businesses could get money in their bank accounts as soon as possible. Um, and so um, you know I think it's a liquidity issue uh, more than uh, more than anything else. Okay, they passed the bill now. How do we, now how do the small businesses get the money? That needs to be explained. With this shift now of the deadline pushed to July 15th, how does that affect a company like 1-800-ACCOUNTING, which I assume you're all set up for April 15th, and now three months later is when it's going to happen this year? Right. It it definitely uh, gives us more time. It gives us more time to, to, to you know, we're not we're not only technology slash software. We're, all, we're also, you know, a bunch of humans. We're, we're an accounting firm. So it gives us more time to uh, – it gives the accounts more time to spend with, with our clients and, and do the proper planning, make sure we don't miss any deductions and to, uh, you know, do more of a thorough job. But, um, you know, it just gives us more time. It's, it's, it's nice to have the, those extra three months to, uh, but we're, we're luckily set up as a virtual accounting firm. So, um, you know, other maybe more traditional accounting firms that are everyone's in the office, they don't have the technology that we have. It's more of a um, problem, but we we were fine. Uh, April fifteenth or July fifteenth, we were ready to go because of the, our virtual nature. But what I would say, if, if if someone's expecting a refund and and financial times are somewhat hard, uh, now is now is a good as time as ever to file for that refund, get money in your hands. From Monday's Southern Business Report right here on the Y'all Show, that was the CEO of the website 1-800-ACCOUNTANT. That's also a telephone number, and you can call that and get help. They do a fantastic job. They got several hundred thousand clients, and it was great to have Mike Savage, CEO of 1-800-ACCOUNTANT, right here on the Y'all Show's Southern Business Report. Well, that will put an end to the first hour of today's Y'all Show after the break stick around we're going to have country music front and center thanks to david lee murphy but also a touching song from the recently passed jan howard she died this last weekend at age 91 but in the 1960s she wrote a song about her son called my son who was stationed in south vietnam at the time and ended up dying and this song was about him and he had been sent a copy of this to listen to and before he got it he was killed in action jan howard's song touching we'll have that for you to start hour two we'll have hashtag color blue and before the hour's up we've got the latest 
top movie downloads from Amazon and some other sports news to pass along. All that right here on the show that's all about the South. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I am doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Are y'all ready to get the weekend uh, going? We are, and we're right here to get it going. Thanks to David Lee Murphy and Party Crowd. She told me goodbye But I knew the Lord It was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings And the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me So I'm sitting here Soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming her back And laughing out loud With the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox Jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up, I'll look back and try to recall just where the heck's my truck. 
So take my keys and lock them up tight And let the good times flow And I worry about tomorrow when it comes to light The night's still young And I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming them back And laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like they just don't care If they're dancing over here I'm fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party Let me hear from you now. Let's all sing together. Night, I'm looking for a party crown. Slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick. The blues can't hang around. Yeah, let, let me hear you. Jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here. Or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds. Looking for a party crowd. We are ready to get the weekend going, thankfully. Looking for a party crowd. Slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick. The blues can't hang around. And I know I don't sing that good, but that's not what this is about. This is about all of us singing. Whether you're good or bad, it's about getting the right spirit headed into the, the long weekend and yes thank you for enduring my bad off-key singing here on today's y'all show yeah we are the show that's all about the south and we like music we like food sports barbecue a lot of other things we cover here monday through friday talk about the south that's what we do and i'm just glad to be here with you your friend in the south is what i am in fact i came up with a new title the other day i need to start having this announced on the show a little bit more regularly i am because i see every tv show now every every news show at least they always have a guest on and they're a something or other analyst i am a southern analyst and I might be the only one in the country. So CNN, Fox News, CBS, in whoever's out there, if you need a Southern analyst, you know how to get in touch with me. Just look me up at y'all.com. And of course, our email address, y'all show at y'all.com. I'll even publicly announce as a Southern analyst our telephone number. <laughs> it's 803-816-1170. Text or call. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I'm free. If you want a Southern analyst on your news show, just let me know. Because the South right now needs to be heard from. We always have needed to be heard from. But right now, we don't want to be left out in the coronavirus. And we don't want to be left out in in the follow-up to it as well. And we're suffering just like the rest of the country. Well, one thing that helps us get through these tough times is entertainment. And music is one of the key ways that a lot of us have gotten through the depression of the 1930s music helped us get through the 1940s and world war ii remember glenn miller and the great sound that he had in fact he lost his life as a pilot in world war ii and then you had music certainly throughout the vietnam era and even beyond that 
And speaking of the Vietnam era and music, we're going to play a song now from Jan Howard, a song she wrote for her son, Jimmy. Jan Howard passed away last Saturday at the age of 91. She was the Grand Ole Opry's oldest member. Jan Howard, some of you may not be familiar with this Grand Ole Opry singer, she was from West Plains, Missouri, and she came to Nashville to record, to write songs, had a heck of a career. But a lot of you never heard of her because she wasn't a huge, huge star. She never had a number one song. She never sold gold and platinum records. She just endured is the best way to explain her. I, as a guy who worked right there in the back of the Grand Ole Opry House for a while, used to see her every weekend because she was a maybe the most active member of the Grand Ole Opry. She was always on the Opry because she probably had nothing much more to do as she wasn't touring on the road like a lot of the Grand Ole Opry members who go off on the road and then come back a couple times a year on the Opry. She was one of the go-to people that was always available on the Opry. She started out a career in Nashville, had some early success as she got a record deal not too old. She was roughly 20, 25 years old, I think, when Decca Records was one of the first labels to sign her to a recording deal. And some of her songs through the years, if you go back and look at her singles, she started out recording back in 1958. She had a number 13 song with The One You Slipped Around With. Y'all remember that one? 59? Yeah, Buddy Holly. He might have been on the chart, but so was Jan Howard. In fact, she won some awards for Best Promising New Female Act right there in the 59 going into to 1960. Then she had her maybe biggest song in 1966, so she kept putting out records, but it wasn't until 1966's Evil On Your Mind that she had a top five song, and that was out on the album Jan Howard Sings Evil On Your Mind, and that was a big hit for her, number five, but again, not a number one song. Then she had Bad Seed from the album Bad Seed. I'd like to hear that one sometime. That's sounds like a a good one and then she had count your blessings woman at number 16 she had a song hit number 15 in 1968 that i'll come back to and play in just a second but again she kept putting out records never had another top five hit again in her life but she worked again with the grand Ole opry regularly she did have a number one song with bill anderson she teamed up with whispering bill anderson for a couple of songs including the number one song in 1967 called for loving you and with bill anderson with whispering bill she had the hit it's if it's all the same to you that with bill anderson and those were her i guess greatest successes with a co-singer if you will a duet partner and whispering bill anderson as i said she did have a song that hit number 15 if you go back to 1968 and this was a song from the album self-titled jan howard i'll play that that song called my son now she was the mother of four and she had two children enter the military and she had one of those children jimmy went to south vietnam he fought there in the 60s and he was killed in combat in quang nam south vietnam in october 1968 and before he was killed jan howard actually recorded she wrote it and then recorded my son 
a song inspired by Jimmy's military service and one that prayed for his safe return. And it came out two weeks before he was killed in combat in October 1968. And Jan Howard did this. This song was sent to her. In fact, she got a copy of it right after Owen Bradley, the producer, recorded it. And he said that this would be her like signature song. Owen Bradley, who was a guy who had done amazing work in Bradley's Barn, where he had done a lot of the great singers. I think he worked with Patsy Cline. And he even called this song. He said, Jan, you got to record this song after she let him hear it. She wrote it. She said, Jan, you got to record this. It's your masterpiece. And as I said, she got a copy of it right after they recorded it in 1968, sent it to her son for him to listen to. And before he got it, he was then killed in Vietnam. And this is a touching song. I'm playing this today because, yes, we just lost Jan Howard at the age of 91, a life well lived by this Grand Ole Opry singer, Missouri native, and a DECA recording artist back in the day. I'm also playing it because we're suffering right now. We're having people who are losing lives because of the coronavirus. We've got loved ones who are having to endure the loss of the loved ones because of the coronavirus. And right now, we're we're looking back in history of when we've had tough times. Well, imagine the Vietnam War. And if you were around, maybe you fought in it, you know exactly how tough that was. For those of us who were not around then, hearing songs like My Son only help explain how scary it was, especially, of course, being there on the front lines. But if you're a parent back home as Jan Howard was, wondering about your son, hoping for their safe return, recording a song, putting it out to radio. This went out to the radio and became a number 15 song there for Jan Howard in 1968. And it just it's just another example that we've had tough times before. And this is one of the there, – there's some people out there like Robert K. Orman said that this is a moving recitation. And some people said that this song should be listed as one of the best songs in country music history because of its, I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, you want to call it amazing. You want to call it sad. It's all kind of wrapped up in one. And one fun, one thing, one fun thing about Jan Howard to pass along here, although I'm sure it was not fun at the time that Jan Howard said that while the song was kind of coming out and being on the radio and such, she got interviewed for a documentary and this was later but she said that during the time of this song's release anti-war protesters asked her to join them in response to her son jimmy being killed in south vietnam and do you know what jan howard replied go ahead and demonstrate have at it but i'll tell you what if you ever ring my doorbell again i'll blow your damned head off with a 357 magnum (laughs) jan howard true to patriotism i guess and she worked closely with gold star families past her own son's death there and and again she was very involved with the grand Ole opry and amazing amazing song let's hear from it now as this gold star mother jan howard wrote and recorded this 1968 song and we're playing it for it right now for her son jimmy killed in south vietnam in 1968 but also as a tribute to the recently passed Jan Howard. Here's my son. My son, my son, 
it seems only yesterday that the most important thing on your mind was whether you'd make the baseball team or get the new school jacket like all the other kids had. And I remember how your eyes lighted up when you got your first rod and reel for that big fishing trip, just you and your dad. And I remember wiping the tears away when you hurt yourself on your sled. In those days, it seemed the house was always filled with laughter and joy, filled with your friends. They were such good boys. And then came the day that you walked down the aisle to receive that all-important diploma. I was so proud, but I couldn't believe that tall young man was actually my son, my wonderful son. And then I remember the little girl that was always around, kind of tagging after you. She's not so little anymore, but she's still around. Who knows? Maybe someday. Then you received the call that I guess we knew would come someday. But it came so quick. And now you're so very far away. In a land that until a short time ago, I didn't even know was there. I know the time will pass and you'll be home again. But until that time, my darling, take care. Take special care. My son, my son, I pray that you'll come home to me. My son, my son. Taking you back to 1968 for that Jan Howard song written for her son Jimmy who was killed in battle and never got a chance to hear that killed in Vietnam in that year that bloody year of 1968 after my son became a hit Jan Howard received over 5,000 letters from veterans and their families and a touching tribute to her as we just lost her this past weekend at the age of 91 by the way if you have a copy of the original Decca Records release of my son if you flip it over the b-side is the Bill Anderson penned the tip of my fingers which was a hit song for steve warner about 20 years ago so yeah that song very 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 familiar if you're a country music fan to that the b-side but yes the a-side my son from missouri's own jan howard well that will wrap up our sort of friday free for y'all going back in history playing a little music for you and a tribute to Jan Howard and her son. Let's not forget all of our brave heroes who've gone out and worn our country uniform. And many, many never made it back home as Jimmy did not make it back home from Vietnam. And more than 50,000 other Americans failed to return home from that conflict in Southeast Asia. Hashtag Blue is headed your way after this break. Stay tuned. We will have that fun. And don't forget, at the end of the hour, we're going to go to Amazon and share with you the hottest Amazon movie downloads going on right now. All that right here on the show that's all about the South. This is y'all. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B A B B E L.com. I am doing it all the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L I N Z E S S.com. Or call 1-800 Linzess. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. And we're the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. John Rawl back here with you. And if you have just now tuned in for the very first time ever, let me introduce you to something we call HT. Hashtag. Hashtag. HTH. Hashtag Hullabaloo. Where we go on social media, we find the fun stuff that's available for all of us to enjoy right here on the Y'all Show. Social media comes to the y'all show and we start off our hashtag hobaloo end of the week edition and we'll go to neo curio and that's n-e-a neo maybe neo curio one who thinks outside the box a different drummer a path least chosen i like to take picks and play dulcimer and an etsy seller is also what neo curio is all about What did Neo Curio put out on social media here this week? Well, Neo, thank you for the post. It's a refreshing change of pace for us. He put pictures of turtles up on his Twitter account. And he writes, meanwhile, back at the swamp, hashtag turtle, hashtag swamp life. I don't know where this picture was taken, but it was a great picture of some, some turtles. Now, I'm taking this opportunity here thanks to neo curio to share with you a little turtle knowledge in case you don't know a, a lot about your turtles here in the south the southeast has the highest diversity of turtles in the entire country 
and it's home to 75% of all native species found in the U.S. and Canada. Unfortunately, these turtle populations are declining due to international trade demand and habitat loss. Every time they put a subdivision up in the middle of a swamp, that helps diminish the habitat for our little creatures out there, her little snapping turtles. Documenting turtle spottings in this area of the South contributes to a better understanding of the unique ecological asset that's matched by only a few other regions on the planet, and that's what the South has. There are roughly here in Dixie about 50 different varieties of turtles, and some of the leading types of turtles that we have here in this country are the eastern box turtle, the common snapping turtle, and again, there's over 50 varieties, but one of the more common turtles, and this is something that I'm glad to see this is actually from a scientific analysis. The name of this turtle, according to this scientific website, River Cooter, is an official variety of turtles that we have right here in the South. Now, if you're a good Southern fella, like I claim to be, or Southern gal, you might have heard that word before, cooter. And I thought that it just might be a nickname for a, t- for a turtle. But according to this website that Neo Curio is leading us to go down and learn more about our region's turtles, there's such a thing as a river cooter. And I always heard turtles often called cooters. I just thought it was a nickname for turtles in general. Maybe not a, the best nickname. But And I didn't say cooties, not what you find in your hair. Cooters. And, of course, Dukes of Hazard, Ben Jones, his character on the Dukes of Hazard was Cooter and Cooter's Garage. But that's the real name of a type of turtle that we have pretty common in the South, a river cooter. And I know from my old country boy experience in growing up in one state, but then living a long time in another state, that this name Cooter crossed state lines. In fact, the last time I had a discussion about Cooter's, was with a man i used to do some business with and he was an older gentleman and one day we were just shooting the breeze and he said what he was going to do when he got off work and do you know what he told me he was going to do he said he's going to go down to his pond and shoot cooters which i guess is perfectly legal (laughs) but that's what his big afternoon plans of course some people eat turtles like cooters and the eastern box turtle and more i assume some of these are not protected animals but uh man they can put a hurting on you if you ever get bit by one and luckily i have not 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 at least yet but yeah cooter talk here on today's y'all show who to thunk it up next here on the y'all show is a tweet we have coming from history club at my history club and they write that welcome to my history club join our community by following we post historical events and images and their website again or twitter account is at my history club they write on their tweet this week on march 30th in the year 1910 that was 90 years ago no i'm sorry 110 years ago i need to do my math i need to go where they're telling me what they're promoting here on this date in 1910 the mississippi legislature founds the university of southern mississippi to the top now when they founded it it wasn't called the University of Southern Mississippi there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Its original name for about 15 years was Mississippi Normal College. 
now normal is it's an outdated term to mean teaching college and a lot of states had normal colleges back in the early part of the 20th century when it changed its name from mississippi normal it changed its name to mississippi state teachers college and that name stuck for about 16 years right up before world war ii it was named known as mississippi state teachers college which you might say well that had to be confusing because don't they have a uh, school called mississippi state there in the magnolia state well they do but back in 1930 and up to world war ii that school was called mississippi a&m what we now call mississippi state was mississippi a&m and it was an all-male military school there in starkville mississippi then it changed its name ultimately to mississippi state university and that is the the story on that but um that back to southern miss because we don't want to start talking about msu when we can talk about usm <laughs> so it changed its name in 1940 changed its name to mississippi southern college and that was its name for about 22 years from 1940 to 1962 and their athletic programs were very good at the small college level in fact they were known as the mississippi southern southerners and some people mostly people from that school up north in in oxford always considered mississippi southern to be like a junior version of the powerful old miss of the 1950s and 60s in fact the logo for mississippi southern almost looked exactly like colonel reb i believe it was nat it was actually a depiction of nathan bedford forest because where hattiesburg is located it is forest county and right there in the pine belt of mississippi and so general nat was the name of the little mascot logo that ms or rather usm at this time technically msc mississippi southern college used before they got their big boy britches and in 1962 the governor was ross barnett the lieutenant governor who was from hattiesburg paul johnson they all signed the legislation to change the name from mississippi southern to what we now know as the university of southern mississippi and they got too big for the britches they dropped general nat and they became the golden eagles no more southerners the usm golden eagles and again it was on this week in 1910 that the university of southern mississippi was originally born so happy birthday now as i'm talking about the golden eagles and southern miss and the southerners and general nat let me run down some of the most famous alumni of the university of southern mississippi and they have quite a list of famous alums there at southern miss tori Bowie, you might remember her a track and field olympic gold medalist is tori Bowie. also the guy that just left the office as governor two-term governor of mississippi phil bryant was a southern miss alum i'm going to come back to maybe their most famous alum in just a second cat cora you might remember her from iron chef america she's a southern miss alum also brian dozier who is a current baseball player he was a 2015 all-star for baseball i guess he played collegiately there for the golden eagles ray guy the most famous punter in the history of the nfl the most famous punting award is the ray guy award he's in the nfl hall of fame ray guy played for the southern miss football teams of the 1960s i think into 1970s brett Favre, arguably the most famous football player out of southern miss and 
Southern Miss, he went there because they let him be a quarterback. Most of the other colleges that were recruiting him out of Kiln, Mississippi, didn't want him to be a quarterback. He went to Southern Miss and now has a Hall of Fame career, an 11-time Pro Bowler in Brett Favre and a proud Southern Miss alum. In fact, lives in the Hattiesburg area and often wears Southern Miss apparel when he does just about any kind of interview. He's got something USM on. To the top, Brett. Gary Grubbs, y'all might not know that name, but if you watch any kind of old uh, TV series from the 80s especially, you'll see Gary Grubbs. He's a character actor and been in some films too. He is a Southern Miss alum, and I think he also lives in the Hattiesburg, Pine Belt area. The current congressman from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, Steve Palazzo, who represents Mississippi there in the halls of Congress. He's been in Congress for about 10 years now. Palazzo is a Southern Miss alum, as well as astronaut Robert L. Stewart and Clarence Weatherspoon, a former NBA player who was part of the Golden Eagles days back when they were in the Metro Conference. He's also a Southern Miss alum. And as I said, going back to maybe their most famous Southern Miss alum, a guy who didn't want to go to the school at Southern Miss. He said he'd rather go to a school also in Ox- in uh, Mississippi located in Oxford, but the, the 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 I guess the roads didn't get all the way from the Gulf Coast to Oxford in those days quite like he wanted. So he went to Southern Miss, and his name was Jimmy Buffett, Pascagoula's own son, a guy who, of course, has connections to Alabama. But he went to Southern Miss to college. Jimmy Buffett, Mr. Margaritaville, is an alumnus of the University of Southern Miss. And so there you have some good knowledge about USM today on today's Y'all Show. And I can't thank enough our my history club on twitter for sharing the good news about that spot there in hattiesburg which i've been through there several times in the last few years and i was there gosh has it been about 10 years ago hattiesburg got hit by a tornado and that tornado went right right through the campus of southern miss and just did a lot of devastation took out tons of trees and a really sad really sad thing to see i don't think any lives were lost that's great news there at southern miss and in in hattiesburg i don't think but my goodness the change that that led there on what do they call that uh hardy street i know is right where the campus is located but there's another road right there that uh, goes past the southern miss campus sorry i need to study up on my campus map for the southern miss golden eagles but happy birthday to you southern miss And I'll do my best, not happy birthday, but my best Southern Miss fight song to you as far as I can tell. Southern Miss to the top. Southern Miss, okay. My apologies. I'll have to learn it there. But a a nice little thing they got going on at The Rock in Hattiesburg. Also up on today's hashtag hullabaloo, we go from talking about Southern Miss to Tom Wilson. And Tom Wilson is talking about the recent census. Have you got your census form in the mail? You're likely to get a knock on the door here pretty soon, although with social distancing going on, I'm not sure how how many knocks you're going to actually receive. But, yeah, the census is supposed to be taking place right now, and you may have already received yours in the mail. I got mine just about two weeks ago. In fact, out of total boredom, do you know what I did? The day that I got it, I actually opened it up and went online and filled the darn thing out and and finished it it took me about two minutes online so if you are dreading your census form here for 2020 it's not that big of a deal you have a lot of questions but depending on how many people you got in your household and other 
boring information it might be a little bit longer of a census if you do have multiple family members which hopefully most of you do i happen to be a kind of lonesome dove so it took me about two minutes to fill mine out and it was real simple i went on to their online option to do it and it was it was it was actually kind of fun to do it and i'll tell you a little bit of of what i filled out i did one thing a little different on this year's census that i'll I'll share with you only after i tell you about tom wilson and what he did wise guy tom wilson at muse hill by the way is his twitter account as he writes dear hashtag census there ain't no use in asking white people where we come from a white person will be 15 to 16th english and tell you i'm irish i'm scottish it's like the one drop rule but for ethnicity more interesting than english okay that's his opinion there tom i'm gonna differ a little bit with you and by the way he goes on to follow up saying as for me my ethnicity is southern and that's what i put on your fancy form evidently tom's not very happy with this new census and some of the questions they ask about your ethnicity and in this case he puts down that he's southern which it actually does give you that option and i probably should have taken him up on that when i was given that opportunity uh, like i said about two weeks ago out of pure boredom i just went ahead and filled the darn thing out and it was it was kind of fun it was really really a really neat to see the different things they've come up with since the last time the census was done 10 years ago but you put southern on yours i wish i'd have done that but i wasn't thinking southern i was thinking along the southern lines they've got some really and i don't have it in front of me they've got some really unique options of ethnicity if you do fill the form out and i've got a little bit of an exception with you tom because not only did i put something besides southern down i am a person who's by far majority ancestry yes i'm a i'm a white guy I, i hate to break it to you but most of my ancestry is not scottish english or irish i am a german boy with some swiss my roots are also in switzerland but mostly german in fact i have very little knowledge i'm sure i do i have very little knowledge of any scotch irish ancestry in my family tree and that might be the case for a lot of you out there i know most of the south is scotch irish what i don't like is people broad brushing at least the white folks of the south and say oh you're all scotch irish here in the south and that's not true i know that might be the majority but it's not it's not absolutely true we got a lot of people here who look like me that are from proud italian backgrounds who might even be from french backgrounds there were the french huguenots who were protestants who came to this country and settled prior to the american revolution so we've got people who are not necessarily scotch irish that that are white okay and so i don't like i get a little perturbed when i hear oh yeah scotch irish it's also essentially saying everybody here in the south is baptist at least the white people are baptist and that's not true although obviously i realize most people in the south there are the leading protestant denomination the southern baptist but it doesn't mean everybody is so as you broad brush things you might want to look a little bit deeper now what i put on my form i didn't put southern i actually put confederate american because i i do have those roots i wish i'd have put southern in addition to that 
in addition to i guess the term is caucasian maybe i, I it's been a couple of weeks if you've got the form i've already, what i did is when i got my census form i filled it out online and then i threw away the actual paperwork that was mailed but i took a picture of my confirmation number so if the census bureau calls me and they might call me up about what i put on my form now and maybe try to throw me out of the country it's crazy times but i'm proud of my southern and csa ancestry and everybody that's was here in this country from my very first grandfather who came to this country before the revolutionary war johannes good old johannes raw and i think he arrived somewhere around 1760 to charleston and ended up settling in south Carolina. never left and i'm the i'm the rebel in my family i'm the first person in my direct ancestry to actually leave the county permanently one did leave the state and died but left his wife and children back in south carolina as they went to try to make their fortune in coweta county georgia of all places some family history for you some things you just probably don't need to know about or, or care about but yeah tom thank you for sharing that and the reminder here is please get your census forms filled out it is very important we're trying to get a, an accurate count and that only is done that way when people take the time to fill out the census form and send it in or go online and do it and help get this count right so we can properly allocate our congressmen and women in the future and the tax monies and all the things they do to keep this country going and lord knows we need all the help we can get right now with this coronavirus we need to do it equally and fairly and the census of 2020 will help us do that and that's actually something again i proved it myself you can do it online and if more people do it online we can and and it's legitimate and not fabricated then we can have one less thing to worry about and one less person coming and knocking on your door to try to get your census count and you don't have to worry about their germs and the likelihood of getting coronavirus. Well, thank you. That was our hashtag Blue here on today's Y'all Show. Fill that form out. Fill that form out. When we come back, we've got a couple of sports-related items to pass along before we get out of here for the week. Also, we'll tell you about the top Amazon.com movie downloads. A lot of you are just burning that internet up right now watching movies, and we'll share with you, according to Amazon, their top movie downloads. That's ahead right after this break here on today's Y'all Show. I'm doing all the right things. Drinking plenty of water, eating right, exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.
Final segment of this Y'all Show, wrapping up the week here and our end-of-the-week celebration of the second hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Interesting story up at CNBC.com, how coronavirus could permanently change the movie industry as theaters are shut down for the most part due to the virus outbreak. Studios are now shortening or eliminating the window between theatrical and streaming releases. This could permanently reduce movie theaters' leverage with studios and change consumer behavior. And when theaters do open again, will streaming theatrical releases the same day they're in theaters become the new normal? We'll have to see, but right now, with the theaters essentially locked out for the last couple of weeks, I'm sure a lot of them will go under and more streaming options will be available. If you are watching movies right now, you're sitting home in your PJs, bored with potato chips and more, and you're looking for a new good movie, well, Amazon Prime, their video selections, we've got some of the top 50 best movies on Amazon Prime right now according to digitaltrends.com the avengers which came out eight years ago is one of the top movies honey boy that's out from 2019 shia labeouf's debut script is directed there and it's out there it's got child actor otis lort as part of this movie again honey boy 2019 how about this movie from 10 years ago hard to believe that i saw this one in the theaters the coen brothers remake of the western classic true grit And that one, of course, had a lot of big stars in it, like Jeff Bridges. And it also had, I think, uh, I forgot who played the role that Glenn Campbell had in that original, but a a fantastic movie there about, uh, oh, I know one of the other actors in that was Haley Steinfeld, who plays Maddie Ross in that one. Of course, this was like her debut in 2010, and she's gone on to be a big star in Hollywood. Steinfeld, that is. Also, Mission Impossible Fallout from two years ago is one of the top Amazon Prime downloads. High Life from 2019. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That one from 1982. One of your top movies to download from Amazon. As well as The Lost City of Z, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Clue from 1985, 35 years ago. How about this great movie? I love this one. From 1963, Steve McQueen's The Great Escape. One of the top downloads on Amazon. Cold War from 2018. That's a good movie to download, for example, on that. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. That is also available for you to download on Amazon. And lastly, First Reform from 2018. And that's got Ethan Hawke in there for you to check out. Also got Amanda Seyfried also available for you to download on amazon prime if you're looking for some good movies here to view according to that website those are good ones now to some sports news former south carolina gamecock and number one draft pick out of the gamecocks to the houston texans jadevion Clowney is now looking to drop his asking price only now available for the the cheap price of 17 to 18 million dollars he's had a hard time here and free agency and now after being shipped off to seattle to close out the 2019 season this former gamecock turned nfl star who hasn't done that great frankly in my opinion he has been a little bit as he was in his days in columbia a little bit hit or miss in fact i'm still mad at him as a gamecock he sort of sat out with his coach's Steve Spurrier's permission, he sat out some big games because he didn't want to get hurt. He didn't want to get him hurt and hurt his draft stock. 
and just maybe the 27 year old will come back and have a strong season if given a chance for an nfl team but still looking to drop his price tag and get on the playing gridiron in 2020 the new orleans saints are getting ready for the nfl draft and where have they set up their headquarters for the big day whenever whenever that is even though it was supposed to be in vegas in the very near future the saints have actually found new space to set up their draft headquarters and they found that in the dixie brewing company facility in new orleans east and this is a spot owned by team owner gail benson and is closed to the public right now and coach sean payton said the team is prepared to stay at the brewery through the draft on april 23rd through 25th if needed so they're not just working there. It looks like some of them are actually staying. How would you like to live at a brewing company? Of course, Dixie Brewing in the news here recently, they just opened up here in the last couple of months after being shut down after Hurricane Katrina. And I, I did not realize the Benson family actually owned Dixie Brewing. But how about that? A fun Only in New Orleans would you have an NFL team set up shop at a brewery the cowboys some news out of america's team alden smith is having a chance to come back and play as the cowboys have now signed the treble defensive end to a one-year deal worth up to four million dollars and he'd been out of football for a while i think he'd been out after he got arrested for a dui charge and then he had a hit and run incident and another dui vandalism charges that was in 2015 he was arrested on domestic violence charges back in 2018 and now this much maligned player a chance to come back and have a chance he's 30 years old and has not played in a game since he was suspended in 2015 because of legal and substance abuse issues he was a seventh overall pick in the 2011 draft from the 49ers he's recorded over 47 sacks in the 59 games that he's been able to play in but the cowboys a little bit of a gamble here going with this defensive end alden smith in a one-year deal we'll see if it works out for them alabama's former quarterback tua takvalola says he now feels 100 percent and could play as a rookie there has been recent video surfaced of tua as he was throwing the ball around looking real good but as the draft is going to happen at one day soon he is likely to go pretty high in the draft he got hurt in a season ending injury back on november 16th at davis wade stadium against the mississippi state bulldogs and he says he's 100 percent, and we'll find out if a team's willing to take that gamble one fallout from the coronavirus from major league baseball that we can pass along the game scheduled in london in june between the chicago cubs and the st louis cardinals that game there for west ham olympic stadium in london two games set for june 13th and june 14th those games have now been canceled because of the pandemic and that's a look at what's going on in some sports news to wrap up our end of the week here of y'all and from dixie with love is going to get us to the house john rawl thanking you so much for being a part of our fun little show about the south we'll be right back here and we'll be in action monday tuesday wednesday of next week i think we're going to take off thursday and friday since we are getting ready for easter next weekend we'll be off monday thursday and good friday but have a great weekend most of you are going to be doing what you did all week long sitting at home taking it easy right getting out of the public eye we'll be back here monday to talk about it all stay tuned for that thanks for listening to y'all take it away boys from dixie with love
with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.